Hey class, Brock JC here, and I'm looking forward to diving in more this week. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about, the issues of contribution and continuous improvement. These are actually two subjects that I like to talk about um, a great deal. And the reason why I'm, I'm picking these two topics is because in your reading this week, in your book, Serve to Lead, uh, you are you're reading about these two issues. You're not diving in them, you know, on these issues as much as we will in this in this podcast today. Uh, but you're going to be reading about this, and it's going to come up in your reading. A focus on contribution, and then this idea of continuous improvement. So I'm actually going to read from the book a little bit, but then I've got some thoughts that I've written down here about these ideas of contribution. Um, and continuous improvement, uh, continuous improvement. And so, what we're going to talk about today is the importance of of leadership, having a mindset of, and I guess to be two mindsets we're going to talk about today, and that's being contribution focused and continuous improvement driven. Contribution focused and continuous improvement driven. So, on page eighty two in your book. Uh, it it talks about this idea of a focus on contribution. And uh, it says right here, Peter Drucker, now that's a great management leader, a great management thinker. He's, if I could be honest with you, he's the person I aspire to be. Uh, he left a, a, a very large mark on the issue on the subjects of management and leadership. Uh, you can't talk about the subjects of management and leadership without bringing up Peter Drucker. And uh, so he's a huge mentor of mine. He, he, he declared these words here. That's what the book states. The effective person focuses on contribution. The focus on contribution is the key to effectiveness. He found the great majority of people focus downward. That is, they focus on their own efforts, their own goals, their own needs. Intently serving others necessarily fixes your attention on contribution. So the opposite of contribution would be what? Taking, right? Receiving, getting. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. We have we have holidays throughout the year that are based on you getting, that are based on me getting. We've got Christmas, right? It's about giving and getting presents. Your birthday, it's about getting presents. Uh, there might be some other anniversaries that happen or things that happen if you're a father or mother, maybe Father's Day or Mother's Day, and these are days that you get, that you receive. So, so there's nothing wrong with receiving. But if our whole motivation in life, especially in business, is all about what we're going to take from other people, this is where we're going to have the greatest issue. And so when we when we think about this entire class, which is, uh, it's about this idea of service. And I'll be transparent with you, class. Uh, for the most part, most of this class is doing an incredible job with your, uh, with your reflection. But I've seen more in this class than I've seen in previous classes, where there's kind of a refusal, there's kind of a, there's kind of a, a barrier, kind of an inner barrier with some to sit back and reflect. And that's worrisome for me, because if we can't reflect now, when you're in a course that is all about reflecting, when you're in a program that's all about leadership and how do I get better? And if we can't do it now, then, 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 you know, then, then what I see is somebody who's just trying to get a degree on the wall and just, you know, get back out there in the workforce. I believe so much in, in this degree. I believe so much in what you're trying to do, whether you're getting a, uh, 
an MBA, uh, a master's of business or a master's of leadership. Uh, I believe in this time that you're doing the work here so that you go out there and you're not one of those leaders who um, is not service minded, is not contribution motivated. Uh, they're the micromanagers. They're the ones that, you know, and, and I hope it's none of you, you know, the ones where, you know, the coworkers are all out, you know, they're having a beer after work and they're talking about you and your poor leadership and they're talking about your micromanagement and they're talking about how you can't lead and how you can't delegate and how they're looking for another job because of the way that you lead. I don't want that for any of you. And so that's why I think this class and what we're talking about is very important. It's very important for you to dive in and for you to reflect as well. And this issue right here is going to be really important, this idea of being contribution motivated, where it means you're not thinking about yourself. This, I have found, is what gets most leaders in trouble. I've shared before that I've had the privilege of being around some really dynamic people in life, some very successful people in life, every single one of them, every single one of them to a T, were all contribution motivated. And by that, I mean they, they were consistently thinking about the mission. They were consistently thinking about the work that they're trying to do for the world, right? Whether it's a business person who's creating a product, whether it's a nonprofit leader. And I had one, a very successful nonprofit leader who built an organization from $30,000 a year to $65 million a year budget. Over the course of 40 years, she led that organization. She's still leading the organization. And when you start talking to her at the core of who she is, it, and I even asked her in the lunch, what drives you? And she said, you know, I've been given a life few people have had. And every day I get up and I think, how can I, how can I help somebody else? How can I help other people who may not have had the opportunities I had, may, may not have had the parents that I had? How can I help other people receive the same kind of opportunities that I had? So at the core of what she has done for 40 years, what's driven her success is about giving back to other people. Now, all these people are ambitious. You know, you don't grow a, a nonprofit, especially from $30,000 a year to $65 million a year and not have ambition. You know, you don't do it without being a little bit hard-nosed and, and getting out there um, and getting the work done. Maybe even some, you know, creating some enemies along the way because you're so driven for that mission. So I'm not saying about being Mr. Nice Guy here and waking up every day and how can I be walked all over Mr. Nice Girl here, or, you know, or Miss Nice Girl here, right? That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is this mindset that says every day, it's, a, it's not about me, it's about mission. And I love when, when he, he mentioned these words here that most people, this is why most people aren't great. There's a lot of good people out there, a lot of good people out there. There's a lot of substandard people out there, but there's not a lot of great people out there because the great people are not the ones who are focusing on their own efforts, their own goals, their own needs. Again, they're contribution motivated. So what would be, if we think about this idea of contribution motivated, what does it mean to be contribution focused? And I wrote down some thoughts here. It means that we have to have a contribution mindset. It means we have to, it starts right there with the contribution mindset. And another way to say this, maybe on a personal level, and this is something I've tried to have in my own life, is an abundance mindset, right? Some people have what's called a lack mindset, and that means that they see the world and they see their finances and their money, and they see everything around them uh, basically through the lens of fear. I'm going to lose all of this. 
there's a chance I could lose this and I could lose this and I could lose this. So I have to be very careful in life to make sure that I don't lose this, 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 and this, and this. And so those people for sure are not going to be contribution motivated because anytime something is fear motivated, it means that we're looking at ourselves. We're constantly thinking about me. So as a leader, as a manager, if you're coming to work every single day and you've got a lack mindset, you're not going to help other people empower them uh, to get better. You're not going to help other people in, in, in empower them to reach their full and highest potential. Why? Because you don't want them taking your job. That's what your mindset's going to be. There's only one management position here. There's only one senior vice president position here. There's only, you know, one leadership position here. So I, I got to make sure that I keep all these people around me down so that they don't rise up and take my position. That's the wrong kind of mindset to have. A contribution mindset again shows up and says, how do I serve these other people? Right. And so you take yourself completely out of the picture. It goes back to that great definition of humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. Thinking of yourself less. And that is what the mindset of a leader needs to be. And once we do that, once we take ourselves out of the picture, right, and however we have to do that, and that's a whole other class right there that we could talk about, right? Some of us are thinking about ourselves a lot because we have a lot of deficits, because we didn't get parented the right way. We got made fun of in school. We, um, for whatever reason, we're just not able to focus on other people. So we're consistently focused on ourselves. We, we can't have a contribution mindset if we're focused there. Um, if you want to be contribution focused, there needs to be an, a, a, a mindset that's focused on giving, right? We kind of already talked about that. So if it's a product that you're creating, if it's a service that you're you know, that you're planning out, if it's a team that you're leading, every day you wake up and you approach the world and it's just this mindset of how can I give today? What can I do? How can I show up in the world? How can I contribute? How can I make somebody's day better, right? If you're invited to a lunch, you don't walk into the lunch and, and think, well, how do I make this all about me? How do I take from somebody, right? You walk in and you have the mindset that says, how do I give back? I found this. I'm going to give you a little secret here. I have found this, that 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 one of the greatest tools that I have used in life is that anytime I'm, I'm invited to go anywhere, even if somebody is reaching out to me and saying, hey, I want your advice on something. Here's what I find out. They don't really want me to talk too much. They want to do the talking. There's nothing wrong with that. that that's just how human nature works. So if I approach any kind of a lunch or any kind of a meeting and it's all about me, I'm probably going to be frustrated. But I have found that when I approach the world, that when I approach meetings, just anything. Somebody comes into my office, right? And, and they've got something that they want to talk about. If I approach it from a contribution mindset, I'm never disappointed ever. I'm never disappointed because all I'm trying to do is give. I'm trying to contribute to other people. Okay. So now here's kind of what this means. If we're going to have a contribution mindset, we've got to understand the other person first. You've probably read the seven habits of highly effective people. If you've never read that book, I recommend you get that book today. Stephen Covey, the seven habits of highly effective people. One of the things he talks about is seek first to understand, then be understood. So many times, again, we walk into the room because of our own deficits and because of the problems that we have and the issues that we have. And we come into a room and it's all about me, 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 me. Our neediness takes over. I see it all the time, everybody. I see it all the time. I see it with great leaders. I see it with, um, maybe I shouldn't call them great leaders, but I see it with people who are well off. They're very successful. I see it with people who are poor. I see it with people who are, you know, middle class. I see it all over the place. People just always. So this is the way, again, that you stand out and you become great. Walk in with the contribution mindset. 
And I'm telling you, it'll change how you see the world. It'll change how people view you, right? It'll change how people say, you know, your people will notice something. You're not needy for them anymore, right? Now you're just walking in and you're like, I don't care if you like me or not. I'm here to serve you. That right there in itself will take away a lot of the, you know, a lot of the angst and all that stuff that comes around leadership, right? So it, it, it's about seeking to understand the other person. So, you know, if, if you're creating a product, you want to know what is your customer need, right? You're not trying to create a product or create a service or whatever it may be, whether it's for-profit, non-profit. You're not trying to do it just because it's something you feel good about. It's it's about something you've seen out there that there's a need out there. And the only way you can do that is be contribution motivated. So you're asking the question, what is it that what is it the marketplace needs from me? How can I serve the marketplace best? I've already mentioned this, that you become less needy, less nervous. I found that a lot of young leaders, especially uh, leaders who are in their 20s and 30s, tend to be really nervous. They get nervous about speaking in front of people. They get nervous about being in, you know, around other people. Being Why? Because they're thinking about themselves. It's all about them. When you move for, to a contribution mindset, you're now thinking, this talk I have to give, this speech I have to give, this presentation I have to give, it's about them. It's not about me. And that takes all the, that takes all the nerves off, right? I found that I do a lot of speaking. And I grew up with a stutter, and I still stutter even to this day. You'll see it from time to time. And so if I'm not careful, I'll get into certain environments, and I'll get nervous about it. And I'll say, man, I'm, I'm you know, I'm kind of nervous here, and that's, that's going to make me stutter. And I'm going to be, you know, and then people are going to look at me, and they're going to think he's not really a good leader. He's not really a good teacher, because look at him stutter. He's not like a perfect speaker like these other speakers are. And then I have to say, you know what? You know, get that crap out of your head, JC. Knock that, not, knock that crap off. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not about me. And so if I just walk in and say, well, this isn't about me, then I can just show up who I am. And if I stutter, I stutter. He gives a crap, right? If you stutter, you stutter. Who gives a crap? You know, if you're a little bit nervous, it doesn't, because it's not about you. It's about other people. That's the contribution mindset. And when you walk in and you say, it's all about them, it's not about me, it takes a lot of that nervousness off. You say, well, then I can just show up because it's about that. I just got to give these people good information. It's not about me. Um, you will do the things that matter. You know, you won't focus on things that don't matter because you're now contribution focused. So it takes away again, that neediness is gone, right? You will seek opportunities and you will see opportunities that are out there in the world. Why? Because you're constantly looking for opportunities. I found this quote um, just the other day. It was, I think it was on in in Instagram or something. And it was uh, Elon Musk said this. Uh, he said, it goes back to this idea about being contribution motivated. He said, uh, it's easier to make $10,000 than it is to save $10,000. And he says, once you understand this, then, you know, your entire life will change. And, and the point he was trying to make is that when you seek to go out into the world and you seek to create, you know, and you seek to, to bring in more money, Versus just hoarding it, right? That saving mentality, that's kind of that fear mentality. I got to save, save, save. And there's nothing, now, there's nothing wrong with saving, okay? But if that's all I do is save, 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 right? I, I miss that. I had parents who did that. And they were good parents. And and uh, But all they did was save. But I'm going to tell you what. We never went on a great vacation. We never ate at nice restaurants growing up. I don't remember hardly any fun memories we did because my parents were so worried about saving. Um. Now, maybe that worked for them. That's not the life that I want to live. And, and I got to tell you, I've had a lot of great, great memories because I've tried to live with this uh, abundance mindset. So all of that, you know, that's kind of a personal thing, but all that goes in, into the same contribution focused, abundance focused.
Okay, so I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I want to read about this, anything else that I want to share about this. I think we're good here. Um, it just means you got to take your mind off yourself and you're focused on your customers. You're focused, especially for you who are managers and leaders, you're focused on the people you're going to lead. Now, let's talk about this idea of continuous improvement. Okay, uh, so so the author of this book says these words are, I love this quote. Charles Darwin distilled his theory of evolution, says this, it is not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent, but the one most responsive to change. I love that. And then it goes on to say, if you're focused on service, again, that's what this whole class is about, being focused on service, you must always be prepared for change. Change is the sole constant. It decrees ceaseless improvement. To be committed to service means that you will never arrive. I love that mindset there. I'm never going to get there. I'm never just going to be there. I'm never going to arrive, right? Uh, no status is secure. You cannot view yourself as entitled to a certain position, right? It means every day, in some ways, you got to get up and hustle, right? If you really have a mindset of service, it means you understand that the marketplace is always changing. Uh, and so if you want to serve the marketplace, you've got to be consistently changing. So you got to get up every day and hustle. And while you're hustling, you got to be thinking about change. Change in the uncertainty it sows is not something you resign yourself to. You should embrace it with open arms, head and heart. Change represents the ever-evolving opportunity to serve more effectively, better meeting the needs of more people. A life of leadership must always be in Gandhi's and Emerson's evocative term, an experiment. The greater the scope of the experiment, the greater the perspective of service. And in this great quote here by Ralph Waldo Emerson, do not be too timid and squeamish about your actions. All of life is an experiment. You know, as I was reading through this earlier this week, I was thinking about my own hometown where I came from. I came from a small town back in Marion, Indiana, where change is 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 not is not part of the vocabulary. I can drive back there today and I still see buildings that needed to be torn down 30 years ago that are still standing and still need to be turned down to this day. Uh torn down to this day. City Hall looks the same, Walmart looks the same. They have this mall right there. Some of you may have grown up in a small town like this, you know, you understand this. They have a mall on the north side of town that used to be the happening place. Now it's just dead city, right? They've got a couple of places. They put a gym in there, like a Planet Fitness, and then they've got an Applebee's that's still there from back in the, you know, back when I was in high school. It was a big deal back when I was a kid when Applebee's came in, but now it's obviously, as you know, Applebee's is not a big deal, uh, but it's still there and it's kind of the happening place. Uh, most things don't change there. And here's what I also know is that the people don't change there. And so um, what I found, what I found is that that what, when I go home and I talk to people, um, it's amazing to me how mindsets stay the same. But here's what I also say, because they're not willing to change, they're not getting any kind of new results. The city doesn't get new results and the city's dying. That's the thing. And I think that's the biggest point about all of this. If you want to live a life of service, you have to consistently be changing because the marketplace is changing. If you're not willing to keep up with that, in some ways, you will die. I'm not saying that you'll physically die, but your your business is going to die. Your leadership is going to die. Someone's going to surpass you. Someone's going to be a better manager. You've always got to be thinking about this mindset. Again, when I think about my hometown and how there's consistently no change back there, um, I got to tell you, it makes me feel sorry for them. 
Makes me, you know, they're living, there's a lot of dying people living in a dying city. Why? Because people don't want to change. But here's the deal. If we have a mindset of continuous improvement, uh, again, you, you never arrive. You're always pursuing change because, you know, change is going to happen. So you're looking on the horizon. You're saying, what's out there that's going to change? And how do I change ahead of time? How do I embrace that change? How do I get ahead of that change? And it all goes into this mindset that I've talked before. If you've ever had me in class, uh, you know, you've probably heard me talk about this creative destruction, creative destruction. And it's a Joseph Schumpeter uh, term. And I actually have uh, right next to me a website, Investopedia, that talks about this a little bit. Creative destruction is the dismantling of longstanding practices in order to make way for innovation and is seen as a driving force of capitalism. Okay, so creative destruction uh, describes the the deliberate dismantling of established processes in order to make way for improved methods of production. Creative destruction is most often used to describe disruptive technology, such as railroads or in our time, it's the Internet. It's the new technology. It's AI, chat GPT, all of this, right? It's creative destruction. Uh, The term was coined in the early 1940s by economist Joseph Schumpeter who observed real-life examples of creative destruction, such as Henry Ford's assembly line. Creative destruction can be seen across many different industries, such as technology, retail, finance. Creative destruction has unintended consequences, such as temporary losses of jobs, environmental issues, or inequity. So there are, you know, there are challenges with change. And there's challenges with pursuing change. There's challenges with creative destruction. But this is how the world works. So if we're to be people of service, okay, it means we have to be consistently focused on contribution and consistently driven by continuous improvement, consistently focused on contribution. It's not about me. It's about other people. How do I show up every single day? How do I lead my team to show up every single day and give back to the world around me? And 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 the stats are there. The data is there. When you think that way, some of the most successful people in the world. There's a guy that I listen to quite a bit, Charles Koch. Um, he's, he's one of the most successful businessmen in the world. And he talks about this all the, you know, all the time is we, he says this, we do not hire people who are not contribution motivated because if you're not contribution motivated, you're self-motivated. And he said, those are the most dangerous kind of people in the world. And this is one of the most successful people in one of the most successful companies. I think it's the sixth largest private company in the world, Coke Industries, the second largest private company in the United States. And that's what he talks about. We only hire people who are contribution motivated. So that means they're they're thinking out the outside. And again, his company talks about this a lot too, this idea of continuous improvement, always getting better, always getting better, always getting. Why? Because change is always happening. So we've got to be evolving as people, as leaders, as companies, as teams. So That's what I wanted to focus on for this week. Contribution, focused on contribution, driven by continuous improvement. So here's what I want to know from you, okay? I'd like for you to to define what does it mean, based on everything we just talked about, what does it mean to be focused on contribution? And then number two, what does it mean to be driven by continuous improvement? What does it mean to be driven by continuous improvement? Now that I want you to turn around and I want you to answer this question again, don't, please don't give me some kind of a one sentence, one line answer, right? I'm 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 just going to tear it up. I'm just going to write all over it and say, hey, I don't know what this means. But tell me uh, how you are in terms of this in 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 terms of this mindset of being contribution focused. Tell me how you're doing with that. 
Tell me something you need to get better when it comes to be contribution focused. What does that mean? And how do you need to get better on that? And the same thing with continuous improvement. What's something you're doing well in this area of continuous improvement? What's something you need to get better as a leader, right? In both of these, think from a leadership perspective. How am I doing well with contribution, right? How, uh, what's something I need to get better at, you know, get better at in terms of contribution? Well, what am I doing well with this idea of continuous improvement? What's something I need to get better at with this idea of continuous improvement? And share those answers with me. Again, I'm the one who uh, uh, reads these, but take time and really focus and 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 really dive into your reflection. You know, because I'm telling you right now, it's the reflective leader. It's the reflective leader who's really able to make uh, great strides with himself, herself, and with the people that you lead, with the teams that you lead, with the organizations you lead, all of this matters right here. Hey, thanks everybody for uh, listening today. I look forward to your responses. I'll see you in the next podcast. Take care.